Hi, I'm Game of Thrones Plinkett. Joining me today is Kevin Smith, Box Mac comma Girl, and John Candy. And today we're gonna talk about Oscars. Best pictures. We're just gonna talk about best pictures. And um, we're gonna have a follow-up podcast where we talk about everything else. So this is you, this is the only time they get to watch us talk about movies. Yes. Um, just general feelings. I've seen every Best Picture nominee for the last ten years. I always I make I make it a, a point, and yeah. I think Nina's come along for the ride with me. Yep. And you've seen lots. I've of seen them. most the majority. Yep. And um, and he's never liked them. It's it, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to remember which years were good and which years were bad. Because it's always a mixed bag, and and every year we we suffer through this trial, and we bang our heads against the wall, going, "Why are we watching these crappy movies?" This year, the field didn't seem as bad. I didn't feel like I was struggling as much, and we had a couple of surprises that we actually didn't mind so much. But that's that's the truth of it: is that if you if you do go through the challenge, normally there's one or two movies you never would have watched ever yeah. that you end up going, "Wow, that was really incredible." Yeah, and there were, I think, this year there were a couple movies I had not, I had not even heard of or anything. It's like and dating. Then, yeah, I, I do feel like last year, even though it was kind of the same mixed bag as last year, I, I didn't feel as pained this year. Bridge of Spies and Irish movie were I, real tough sets for everyone last probably. year. I think that's right. I think they brought my morale really down, so yeah. it made the, even the other videos a slog to get through. There's there's one movie this year that, that brought me to that same level of low. We'll just talk about La La Land. Oh, that's the one. Oh, we uh, should say, too, um, the, is it spoilers or like what? How do you want to do? Oh yeah, this is spoilers of everything. So I'm gonna timestamp everything in the description. So every time we talk about something, it's gonna be spoilers. And if you don't wanna be spoiled, just skip ahead. So go in the description. And just hop to the next time code. Um, so La La Land. Damien Chazelle was the director. He directed Whiplash, which we liked quite Man, a bit the other year. Step down. All four of us thought that Whiplash was incredible. Then we heard all this hype about this La La Land. Nina w- w- pointed out the entire time that we were getting hyped for La La Land. She was like, it looks like crap, guys. They're doing a lot of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we went, I saw it. I, and- saw, I saw it coming as a shallow celebration of shallowness. I thought they might just be marketing it that way. Because I was yeah. like, how can this guy who made this movie, this Whiplash movie, yeah. then turn around and do Which something? Which had such great characters. There was so much depth yeah, to was, those characters in Whiplash. Very focused, very character driven. It didn't waste Fucking time. <laughs> vacant, humanless stories. Yeah, I mean, I, it just amazed me how how vapid the whole thing was. The entire experience, right? There's nothing about it that that connects with me as a person. What happens if like most of the audience liked what La La Land and like right out of the gate, where like all four of us hate it? They've, yeah, they've just turned it off. I, I probably don't hate it as much as you guys, but I think it has a lot. Of problems. I didn't hate it. I just, I just, I couldn't make it all the way through. It's just yeah. I was bored to tears. You didn't hate it, but you couldn't watch the whole thing. No, I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I mean, that really. that is a pretty big signifier of hating a movie, like not even being able to yeah. finish it. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I it give is. it an F. F. An F. Well, with the with, with the exception of like some cinematography was, that looked like it was trying to prove. It something. was a musical. The music wasn't memorable. The musical, the music was bad. They Same did some song. dancing. The dancing wasn't fantastic. The acting was bad. The like, choreography, like the and the directing was was kind of tropey and tired. It, and it's disjointed because yeah. the first third they try to do this musical thing, and the musical numbers don't really correspond to the story. By the way, it's kind of just oh, like no. let's start singing. About she sings something. with her friends. He sings about his passion. And we open with a musical number that doesn't even have the characters in it. That reminds me of uh, I remember back when. Trey Parker and Matt Stone made uh, South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. And years later, they did Book of Mormon, which is like one of the most celebrated modern musicals. Yeah. And they, I remember they said at the time that the, when you're constructing uh, a musical, the important thing is that like the, the, the musical numbers have to be there to, to bridge story points. Yes. And if you can lift a musical number from the movie... Then it really sh- it really shouldn't be there. Yep, that's um, this whole movie. Well, I mean, and good look at go look at a song like La Resistance from that movie, and and see how it, it corner pieces what's before it and after it, and compare it to any song in La La Land that doesn't do anything in service of the story. Jacking off. And then he kind of gives up on it, and it yeah. just becomes like a mumblecore movie for yeah. thirty minutes, where pretty much it does the plot of uh, having fun up there, where it's like. Should we sell out for our art and stuff like that? And you and Jeff did much better. Yep. And then it, it kind of drops that 
in the last 20 minutes. It comes back for its incredible ending that everyone loves. Yeah, the well, the ending, I thought, was, was good, but as, like, a short film about regret, but that has nothing to do really about the yeah. other stuff. Right. The musical numbers in this love story. I mean, it, 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 was, it was a mess. I think I was supposed to be enthralled by their romance. One of them just is Emma Stone. And the other Emma. one's just incredibly dislikable and a jerk. Which is interesting yeah. because she's, you know, uh, projected to win this thing and people are like, oh, she's amazing. She's it's like, like, wow, she really surprised us. I'm like, by acting like herself. Yeah, yeah she felt just exactly like herself. I mean. And, and, and Ryan Gosling, like, I have a soft spot for Ryan Gosling. Um, I, it's just, there's something about it. It's like, you know, quiet, mumbly. I, look, I saw the notebook at the right time. <laughs> I thought J.K. Simmons was actually one of the best characters in La La Land. And that he was tiny there for five role. minutes. I mean, how can you even say that? And I was so on his he side. He had a character. He did. He was like, get out of here, and that's it. That like, was I'm like, this is great. This is filmmaking. That was, it was, he was, a, <laughs> you had more motivation than anyone else I mean, in I guess. Story. For me at that time, he, he stood in a, as the audience member that I was, being yes. like, yeah, put him in his place. That guy is a jerk. I wanted to see him give Ryan Gosling crap. The thing about Ryan Gosling's character is like, he should have maybe been more of a jerk or had an arc of some sort. It seems like he was like, I don't know, just a whiny or jazz have, person. Or have a real reason to have a chip on his shoulder like in a movie we'll explore later. Yeah. They were trying to make him passionate. And being a jerk was how he was being passionate about his and then, jazz. And then he just kind of like gives it up and he's like, uh, yeah, then you go off and get your, go find your dream and I'll do mine. And it's like, oh, there's just nothing there. And it, look, I, I know, Ryan Gosling basically just did his Ryan Gosling character and didn't even rise above that. I think in there are several movies he did, uh, Place by the, Beyond the Pines, I think he... I didn't see The Nice good. Guys this year. I heard that that was mm. a really strong... Yeah, ni- yo, yeah Nice Guys, he did yeah. a very... He, I think he's capable of rising just above Ryan yeah. Gosling, but this, he was just below. Yeah. Below Notebook level Ryan Gosling. I, remember, I think the first movie I ever saw with him was Drive, and I thought, like... This guy is terrible. He, he, he and, and and then like <laughs> you're hurting EJ's soul right and now. And then and then everybody was like, no, 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 like he's meant to be dysfunctional and autistic in this film. That's what that performance is. No, and I'm like, I don't buy basically. it. <laughs> L- fuck La La Land. Do you think? Fuck it. In, <laughs> fuck it in its stupid neck. Well, one thing actually I did think was interesting. I mean, this doesn't make the movie better at all. But Ryan Gosling did learn how to play. He did. Uh, for he, the six role. months, he he learned how to play the piano. And they they were expecting to just shoot like his hand, like somebody else's hands. Oh sure, like and... I, like I did for John in like <laughs> sophomore year. <laughs> we, were, we were shooting like John playing like a big piano piece, but I only had one camera, so I had to get these pickups of him later in the song. It was clearly not syncing. Yeah. <laughs> It just it just says something about like he I mean they were really taking this seriously yeah right. but also she can't sing she can couldn't. I say that too in a musical her like just high pitched like average woman singing was... yeah it was just average <laughs> they needed Broadway Broadway stars to sing but there are people on my Facebook feed are like listening to the La La Land soundtrack La La is so great oh my god go listen to Hamilton and and, and try to compare it and yeah. see you know see where you come out I, yeah. And, and, and the cinematography, I do just want to say, like, there was a lot of continuous take type stuff that I was like, what are you, it's your second movie, dude. Yeah, like, what are you, what are you proving? Yeah, like, uh, you know what I've noticed is after Birdman, there's a lot of steady cam stuff. You, yeah. uh, unmotivated steady cam stuff. Yep. And uh, this movie is guilty of it. Um, some of the movies that with Emma Stone, out, uh, yeah, <laughs> Emma Stone steady cam movies. Yeah, Emma Stone <laughs> steady cam movies. Genre. Um, <laughs> Next movie to bring up our spirits, um, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. My favorite film of the year. Uh, I, I don't know if it was my my favorite of the year, but certainly uh, one of my favorite three Oscar films. So it, it takes place uh, you know, in northern Massachusetts, which is right where we live. Um, well, I mean, we're just a little south of here, but we, same culture. It was, mm. for, for us, it was like, you know, the people that are on screen were like... Extend- our, our high school friends. Or extended family members or something yeah. like that. The uh, the film showed incredible restraint in terms of um, 
of cinematography in terms of letting scenes breathe. Yeah. The dialogue was was whip sharp. It was funny. Yeah. It was fucking tragic. I cried yeah. through the whole the movie. The acting was fantastic, and yeah. they had to act so much because there wasn't that much dialogue in every scene. It's very naturalistic. It, it, just to give you, like, like at the ending, you know, the... Um, the nephew and him are like like bouncing a ball, but they're like they're like struggling to like catch it, and they're stumbling down the road. Like in a, in another movie, they'd be perfectly passing it yeah, back and forth through each other. There's like something that's like, oh, this is something that happens to me. Like I make a. There were yeah, there were moments in the film that I'm really glad it was so restrained. Like when when he sees the photos, but we don't cut to the photos. That's a that's a powerful moment to never actually mm. never actually see the face of those photos. You see him caring for the photos, bringing them to the new place. I mean. It, it, Respects, really stuff. respects the intelligence of the audience. A, yeah, a yeah. lesser movie would would go to that close up and be play some sappy music and yeah. and you'd see the faces of all because you know it's his kids, the or three kids. It's just the opposite of La La Land. And, and <laughs> it, the framing makes the frames look like like tombstones. Like it, it, like it's it's beautiful. <laughs> a lot of smart yeah. stuff. It, and how about the fact that it, ha- it takes a half hour before the movie even tells you what's going on in this guy's life? Yeah, like, but, but you don't need that time. You yeah. know he's damaged. The, perform- the performance the performance shows you clearly that something's emotionally wrong with this person, and you start feeling like pain for him almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's almost insulting that Ryan Gosling and Casey Affleck are both nominated for Best Actor because yes. they're. There's a huge ocean. Yeah. There's the yeah. Pacific Ocean between them. Me and Michael Jordan are nominated for Best Basketball Players. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm really impressed by Casey. So I don't know, know if you guys know the story, but so the, I guess Matt Damon wanted to do a, a directorial debut. He never directed anything. Hmm. So Matt Damon uh, synced up with the guy who wrote and directed this movie, and he said, could you write the script for me? And so the guy wrote the script, and then it was taking a while to get it made. So eventually Matt Damon's schedule booked up and he said, you know what, why don't you direct it? Um, and then a little down, and he goes, I'll just act in it. Because he was all, Matt Damon was supposed to be the Casey Affleck character. Mm-hmm. And then a little more time passed and he said, you know what, just give it to like Casey. Mm-hmm. And so Matt Damon removed himself as being the main character and the director from this film. Yeah. And it was the best yeah. thing that he ever did because... Yeah. I, I can't imagine anybody but Casey doing it. I can't imagine Matt Damon in that role at no, all. He's, no, he's a big famous guy walking around being naturalistic. So the, yeah. the, the, the fact that he's a little, the Casey's a little less like it helps superstar. A lot. Yeah. I think it does help a lot. And it, it, it lends an everyman to it. Um, he's got a, har- a hardness. I've never thing. been thrilled by Matt Damon's accent, and that could be like a local nitpicky thing, but it always yeah. stands out as too much. Yeah, because Casey remind like I grew up kind of in a town in the area just just yeah. like this, so yeah. it did remind me of somebody you would grow up with. The, the I love they made beauty out of just like the type of things you would see in a, a small towny yeah. area with with the the wires. They did some the, like nice like film mm-hmm. like filming them in a, a, a weird pattern and and kind of the barrenness of it the and the barrenness. cold, but it was still yeah there were still some yeah. really pretty elements. Well, the director was Kenneth Longerman. Has he done anything else? Uh, nothing I've seen, but he's also like I know he worked with Casey on the at the West End, mm-hmm. like he, so he's also a stage director. He taught at Emerson. That's amazing. Um, for a little bit. The only thing I'll say about um, you know I the only I'll add just a, I love the film, but I'll add a little bit of negative uh, little little things I didn't care for. I thought it relied a little too much on classical music as a big overture to underpin things. Um, yeah, there was like a little bit of kind of overplayed musical cues at times. Yeah, and I thought it could have been a little tighter. You could have cut out a little bit of some of the some of the side stuff, especially with his mother's reestablishing the relationship with the uh, with the son. I thought you could you could have lost it, but overall, I mean, it is it is definitely probably the the best picture or or in the top two for for my best picture. But it feels like it's hated on or something. Am I wrong? No. Okay. So uh, here's a story: is that you know I went. I, I talk to my coworkers about movies all the time. You know, I, I explained how I loved Manchester by the Sea. And then, like, this, this guy comes in, this big, tall guy, like, manly man. He's like, hey, I just saw that Manchester by the Sea. Oh, what a boring movie. It's, like, really dark. And, you know, I think there is a lot of people who just think it's boring. Just think it's. I think that I mean I've talked to a few people, people who really like La La Land, but really dis or didn't care for Manchester by the Sea. If you want fun and bright and colorful, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, I think it's because it made them feel bad. I mean that movie made me feel bad. That's like saying that's like. I you know I don't like spicy food. I I I don't know. It's like it's it's an inept argument, but I think that people who aren't 
um, who don't even look at film with any kind of mind will look at those two movies and say, oh, La La Land made me feel good. Whereas Manchester by the Sea didn't make me feel good, so it wasn't that great. It's very disappointing to me. Yeah, it it's, is. It is uh, yeah, La, La La Land I think is even like it's like worse than like The Artist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like well, well I mean, the, so the the number one thing that will turn me off from a film is is pretense, being pretentious, mm. and and La La Land was just abundantly pretentious. Where's and Manchester by the Sea wasn't all? pretentious at all. Yeah, like it. You know, you could say because I don't know, we're we're kind of I don't say think we're snobby because we like Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy next to Manchester by the Sea, you yeah. know. Um, but we study film. We study film, and there we like the nuances, and it just had really solid direction. Like it knew oh, yeah. exactly what it like without La- without needing to prove anything. Right, La La Land feels like oh, I'm gonna cram all this stuff because maybe somebody will like it. Yeah. Like maybe the Hollywood types will like it. Okay. Manchester was like, I have a story to tell, and this is how I want to tell mm-hmm. it. And that's that right. strength that's really good, moves, that's it a, point. moves it uh, along. I, I also would like to to say that I know he's nominated for a best supporting the the kid. Oh, uh, yeah, that was very good. Yeah, he was very good. I Again, mean, he reminds me of somebody I grew up with, like a townie yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, uh, really, really well played, really believable character. So I, I don't understand him in the ways I don't understand. Real sixteen-year-old, <laughs> yeah, very bizarre it, kid, and that came off very realistic. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like the interactions with uh, Casey Affleck and uh, his multiple girlfriends uh, and his. Yeah, Lee. Yeah, Lee is like t- uh, talking about all his multiple girlfriends and the way he's like, ah, I don't like her. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like it was, it was just so yeah. like it was. I don't know. I'm an uncle. I'd probably say some yeah, similar yeah, things. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but it makes me, you know, it, it it's the st- it's a story about can you ever make personal progress when you have a tragedy that you'll never recover from. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, that's... That's an interesting that's, story. That's, that's, that's an extremely human story, you know, and yeah. watch it just... And it must have been a feast for Casey Affleck. You know, it's an actor's dream. It's, it is true. Like, everybody who's had a tragedy, you know, you live with it in, a, in some way. Mm-hmm. But, but normally you channel your energy into something else. You have other children, or you have your wife, or you have your career. Yeah. If you don't have any of those, if you've had your whole family taken away from you and you were never that passionate about like your job or career or anything anyway, and you have nothing to channel it into, You're what good. do you do? And you, you just actually, shut down. You pretty much died. Yeah. And, that's, and that well, was an well, interesting well, take for me, because normally you see people get passionate about something mm-hmm. else, or like, you know, their, their child had... Cancer, and so they become like cancer advocates, and there's nothing he can advocate yeah. for. That, that scene where he's just like, I can't beat it. Oh my god! Mm. And it's not irrelevant that it's a story about this area too, because we have, you know, like uh, th- there's a masculinity that comes with this area, or like a kind of an Irish repressed emotional thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, having it take place in winter, like that yeah. barren coldness that we have absorbed as yeah. New Englanders. So he's yeah. not, also a bunch of fishermen, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, like. The area I grew up with has a lot of factories that closed down, and you see these ghosts yeah. of the factories, these this, these families that haven't moved on from that prosperous era, right? And they're just still haunting the area. Yeah. It's it's it, that that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And when we meet this character, he's pretty much wa- the Walking Dead. You know, yeah. 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 what a way to start this thing! Just the high yeah. of the wall. <laughs> well, that gets it out of the way. Then the, the rest are all mediocre yeah. to good. We'll go flying through the next ones. <laughs> something wrong with me. Do you want me to call your friends? What do you want me to do? I'm not gonna bother you. I'm gonna just sit here until you calm down. All right, I'm calming now. Would you please just go away? No. Arrival. Arrival. Yeah, so I, I really dug this film. Um, from beginning to end? I really dug 50% of this yeah, film. Me too. Yeah, so uh, you, we had talked a little bit about the film before I had seen it, and I was kind of expecting it to go a little downhill in the halfway mark based on what you guys had said, and I didn't really feel it. Uh, I, was, I was still on board with, with kind of her, her transition. I mean, basically, the, the summary of the film, right? Um, how, how she kind of, she starts, she's this linguist investigating this alien language, and as she learns it, her mind starts to change in the same way that as you learn any language, your mind starts to change and think in that language. Yeah. And the way it unfolded it and revealed that 
um, and bought it all the way to the end, I thought was really smart. And I've heard for some, for people, the ending doesn't work on everyone. Some people find that ending really kind of unimpressive. I, I felt like it wasn't earned because I didn't have enough backstory yeah. on her. When you thought that all of her flash forwards were flashbacks, yes. she had some depth. That's a good point. Now yeah. that that went away, I'm like, well, why was she such a miserable bitch before yeah, the exactly. movie started? I thought, yeah. I thought, and, I thought and, her tragedy had come before the film's events. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was like, oh, that's why she's moping around because she's yeah. got she's Casey Affleck. Or <laughs> or, but, but in actual fact, like she's... I never... She's Amy Adams, and you can't do anything. Yeah, if you yeah. apply it after the fact like that, I mean, the movie was clearly using that as a device, right? So to to kind of pull the path to, to the speed future. you along into like yeah. interacting. I, I do like you know it. You know, you see the trailer and you get flashbacks to like Independence Day and stuff like that. And I do like that turn where it's just like instead of yeah, it ain't that. instead of just being aggressive aliens, this is. Aliens like trying to, yeah, like impart something, and you're trying to understand them. It was a refreshing take on an alien film. Uh, yeah. It made me think about stuff a lot. Like, you know, so if you have another being that you, you can't even read its face, you can't even read its body language, mm-hmm. there's nothing common to, to you at all. All you know is that it seems to have an intellect because yeah. it arrived here yeah. um, in a spaceship. It, 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 it like never communicates with sound, which is yeah. primarily yeah. how we communicate. Even with facial right. expressions and things like yeah. that, you can get across basic information. So, we now don't have that. So how do you start to establish common understanding between weird little monkey people, us, yeah. and, 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 and big squids? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do you start to talk? And will you ever be able to? And mm. is it hopeless? And, yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. And then when it really was about her and, and the future and stuff, I was like, okay. It was fine. but Yeah, um, I, I have no real issue with it. Um, I just didn't care about her story and her storyline, which is now like hmm. more than half the film. Is yeah. anytime we cut back to her own personal stuff, I, I'm not as interested. I almost wish they went even further with the language and the yes. um, interacting. I thought like they could have kept going. They could have yeah. kept going. They yeah. kind of glossed over it. They kind of they skipped a big point from like the barely understanding to mostly understanding, yeah. and they could have spent more time yeah. in there and maybe a little less time at the end. Yeah. I mean, where, where, where I'm okay with the fact that they just focused on her and her individual story was, like, if they expanded any further to, like, more characters or, or cities or whatever, then it would quickly turn into a, a bloated alien movie. Yeah, I, yes. I, I think that was really done right, is that we focused on this one site oh, yeah. and what they were going through. We had an idea of what was happening yeah. at the other sites and the language right. issues. But, yeah, we didn't get into the military, and they showed a little bit of, like, looting, but we didn't get yeah. into, like, looting and hoarding. Yeah. And, but they yeah. had a good pace, too, two hours. I yeah. like that it was, that was a subtext. Like, the world outside was really kept... Outside from the respect yeah. of the it's, characters. It's happening, but it's not part of this story. I, I do like this director. What's his name? Uh, Velenu or something, he right? He did that movie he, last year. He did uh, Prisoners, Enemy, uh, Sicario. Um, all these are are really decent movies. Just He's one of my favorite directors just because he outputs solid movies. Yeah, and all, um, all originals, right? Yeah, all originals. And, um, you know, it's... You could probably say this about every movie this year, but it's like good cinematography. Yeah, sure. It's sure. like <laughs> you know, I, I actually, motivated, but it's motivated. And it's it's got a unique look. Yeah. In this film, I didn't like the the male the male character, male scientist. Uh, Jerry Renner. It's, yeah. it's so funny because he usually plays like a jock, and they're like, he's a he's a scientist. I'm like, fuck you, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. And, <laughs> that's like when Mark Wahlberg played like a high school teacher in The Happening. He really wasn't very adeptly written or performed. Um, he was kind of a store thumb. I, I, I actually... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I didn't understand him and her relationship because I got way less from him than yeah. anyone else. I was like, when I did didn't know they were falling in love. And yeah. I don't know why they brought him along to begin with because I think the only thing he did was like, at one point he like pointed to a screen. Yeah. But his, his expertise was never explored. Like hers was, but his was just... He's like a, a physics, physics guy or something? Yeah, I feel like there was probably some stuff on the cutting room fo- floor that would have cleaned that yeah, up. Ma- yeah, maybe if they had done tight. some communicating with, yeah. with you know, sound waves that we couldn't interpret or, yeah. you know, like actually like jellyfish, something or, that we can't Or like geometry up. with the circle or something, yeah. but like... It, it wasn't really explored. It was, if it was, it was glossed over. Wasn't he a math guy or something? Yeah, 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 yeah math yeah, and physics. Yeah. 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 So, but was, still, I, I, I mean, I think out of all the Oscar films, it was the number one or number two for me. It's it was it was a really interesting movie. Yeah, I think it was in the middle of the bunch for me. I, I think yeah. it was a good movie, but I, I would never have been like one of the best films of the year. Yeah. Got 21 hours to form based on global war. So how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. Why does this feel worse? Uh, 
Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, you want to do Hacksaw Ridge? Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. Hacksaw Ridge is, is a piece of shit. <laughs> I was going to say, do you I, need to take a drink for this? I actually, I, I kind of do. I, I didn't watch this movie in full. I, I skimmed it. Um, that's, that's safe. <laughs> like skimming the top of a murky, terrible, polluted pond. Yeah, and man, it, I was not interested to watch it. Let me, get, let me give you the play-by-play of what sure. this movie is. The first 50 minutes is like a, well, the whole movie really is, is you know, like in a comedy, like a Judd Apatow comedy, yeah. like if, if the two characters go like on a date to a movie theater, like, and then they'll show like a quick shot of what they're watching mm-hmm. and it's some fake movie yeah. that was like made to make fun of movies. <laughs> like overly saccharine with obvious This lines. movie was that, especially the first hour. The first hour, 50 minutes hour is yeah. Andrew Garfield being like, I'd like to know what a tourniquet is. And then- <laughs> What <laughs> then, is the difference between an artery and a vein? He's like, well, when, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, I, t- I took it actually quite personal, and I just want to help out. But I'm, I'm a Christian, and that's why I don't kill anybody. And actually, the beginning where he's like, I'm not going to shoot anybody, is just like the opening of Dewey Cox. The one, <laughs> like, the wrong kid died. Oh, yeah, it very much felt like, it was like a fake over-the-top bio. Uh, had you, like, uh, Agent Smith or whatever uh, as so father? miscast. It came out, like, I, I, I had to do a double take. I was like... Is that Elrond? Yeah, However, Vince Vaughn, anytime he was on screen, great. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I loved every minute he was on screen. I, I feel like every time like Vince Vaughn is on screen, it's like, it, it, he always feels like he, he wasn't supposed to be there. That's why it was so funny. <laughs> every line was so funny. I'm like, is that what, it's like, like he's not even sure that was written for him. It's like the movie showed up around him and he just went with it. It was the only but part But he's sort of confused. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean he was good. It means that's what I enjoyed watching. He, his performance to me was like his the second act break in a Vince Vaughn comedy. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> So like at the end, at the second act break in Fred Claus, and he's like, "Oh, I really messed up things for the North Pole, didn't I?" So he's like a little bit sad. He's gotta, he's gotta get serious. Once they go to war, which takes forever. Yes. Um, and everybody's going, "This guy doesn't want a rifle. What a coward!" Yeah. And we're supposed to like care. And then it just becomes um, a gore fest. It becomes like the the, the goriest violence yeah. you've ever seen. Yeah. Not it's since, horrible. Not since Passion have we seen this kind of violence. I, I actually liked Passion. This I didn't like, but um, <laughs> Passion's a weird movie. <laughs> I do like it. I don't know. Yeah, you like pop it in every now and then. You know, every every Easter, <laughs> pop it in. Every Easter, you get a little bit of. You we watch JC Superstar at Easter because there's not quite. It's not quite as much gruesomeness. <laughs> I just I I, I switch between them. <laughs> do you guys think this movie does a disservice based on the fact that it is based on a true story? Like it it was just so. Saccharin yeah, and I'm terrible. sure Andrew Garfield, what he was doing was actually pretty accurate to the real guy. Because at the end, they show a clip of the real guy. I'm like, oh, he kind of sounds like that. But, like, I, yeah. I kind of wish he took some liberties. <laughs> like, like, the idea about going up against, like, a potential court-martial and mm. getting, like, a dishonorable discharge or, like, prison time because you refuse to complete your basic training is, like, a pretty scary ordeal to go through. Mm-hmm. And to have a father who was a military... Like, that's generally a compelling story. Yeah. And yeah. they just... It was it was done very yeah very clumsy and obvious. Well, um, I'm gonna put this movie into a, a, what what's gonna become a very filled category for me, which is the shit list. Fil- films that were nominated this year that would have been far more interesting as documentaries. Yes, because otherwise, because what we have is a true story that's interesting about a, a character that went through. There was a guy yeah. who was a hero in World War II who didn't have a gun. Who, why? And, who, who wanted to be on the front lines, wanted to help his fellow man and soldier, didn't want. And to. why didn't he have a gun? Because of his religion, religion and, and beliefs about peace. That's really compelling. Except I'm watching this this sugary dramatization of it. That's frankly directed by a psycho. <laughs> you, you would think a psychopath would have better art than this. <laughs> I think if, you know, like like South Park gives him some credit. They're like at least the son of a bitch knows the story structure. They're yeah. talking about like that weird Mayan movie that he made oh, that yeah, one yeah. time. I don't know, not this though, not man. Not this. This this is this was trash. Yeah. So y- you have the first hour of saccharine crap. You have thirty minutes of battle noise. And I think the only part I found interesting was his, like, 20 minutes or so where he's doing the madcap adventures alone, where he's actually dragging the people, yeah. putting, bringing them down, being like, ah, just one more, just one more, and, like, going through, like, the, you know, bunkers with, where the uh, J- Japanese are, and he, like, sa- he saves a Japan- Japanese injured guy. Mm-hmm. That was kind of interesting. 
And then it just peers off. And Imagine like how cool that would have been in a documentary, like listening mm-hmm. to the real guy talking, may- yeah. maybe showing some dramatizations mm-hmm. like you know to it or I don't know, piece of crap. Piece of crap. Mel- it's weird that Mel Gibson after like despite it all, it, just, it, he's it, like Trump, you know, he goes, yeah. he, he despite everything. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> I'm surprised that Hollywood has, I mean, if you get nominated, you're basically forgiven, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, a little I, bit. I think so. Well, because, like, like we know that there's a political agenda in Hollywood behind everything, especially the Academy Awards. Mm. Like, who gets nominated and who doesn't is based on the political whims of mm. the voters. And, like, no and, one gave this movie crap. Like, no one was like, no, don't go out and see it. a Mel Gibson movie. Like, come on, people, stay home. Everyone yeah. just... Which, which you know, it's crappy enough that we don't even really need to, like, go in. I will say one thing. I, I, before I knew this movie existed, we saw the trailer and they were like from the director of Braveheart <laughs> and I was like M- Mel Gibson <laughs> yeah yeah it's like, it's like he turned to me in the theater and went they mean Mel Gibson <laughs> let's talk about Moonlight Moonlight. Okay. Right. I, I watched this with John. John came over the house to watch this. I was there also. Uh, I was there. Well, in other words, you know, she lives with me. I think I like this movie probably. I, I don't know how you think about it, Evie, but I didn't really like this movie didn't at like all. It. I thought it was good. I, um, I thought it was decent. I thought it's better than, certainly better than Hacksaw, certainly better than La La Land's. Um, yes, it was, it, it was. And and it would not have been better as a documentary because it was an original piece of fiction from what I could tell. The thing is, though, that... Um, so I'm, I'm very interested in gay cinema, right? I've seen a lot of gay cinema. And this was bad gay cinema. This was cliche gay mm-hmm. cinema. But if you don't actually watch lots of gay cinema, you may not... Yeah. You, you don't get those tropes that it's, it's relying on. And if you pull that piece of the story away from it, it's really... An, an uninteresting profile of a black life. As as a two-time film school grad, yeah. I've seen my share of gay cinema. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> you think that you think that that this was good gay cinema? Well, I thought that there were there were definitely some some cheesy or terrible parts. The, but, mother, the mother especially. The mother especially. But I thought that it was like watching somebody who, um, you know, who who, who didn't seem to struggle with his masculinity, but was struggling with his identity. And there were these masculine figures around him, yeah. and I I liked the way that it, it sliced. It was it was this three parter kind of. Yeah. Um. I th- I thought it was interesting. I I I don't think it was all good, but um. But I thought that there's a lot of sensible stuff. Going I on. I thought that they were walking on eggshells with some mm-hmm. things. They mm-hmm. they didn't want to have a big bad drug dealer male character. Yeah. So he kind of like takes the the yeah. young black kid under yeah. his wing, and then they didn't just want to have a terrible homophobic mom. So then there's like the good mom that he has mm. that like adopts him. They didn't really ever want to show like just bad characters. I feel like they were trying to play this balance. Yeah. They were game. so fearful of of negative portray- of portrayals that, of, yes. of African Americans. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, even the, the the drug dealer has a heart of gold and is like, yeah, well, so that's. Oh, that's how the word they use against gay people. Like he he's for some reason, even though he's a macho. Yeah. Uh, drug dealer. He's he's sensitive to the gay rights. He's and, out in like the hood, popping caps in people's heads. But he's really sensitive. But he's sensitive to, to gay rights. He's sensitive the to the issue. You know? I thought I thought the movie got increasingly better as it went on. So I thought the first act was with the kid. The kid version was kind of like that was the most mishandled. The bullying was a bit much, and that's yeah. I agree with John as and well. And then I there. thought. I thought the way he fell into the relationship with his best friend in the second act was kind of interesting, and yeah. the fact that he had to betray him was maybe a little Very cliche. cliche. Yeah. But but I thought like th- this that is something that people deal with in high school though or yeah. middle school is like yeah. where where social pressures cause you to betray one another, especially oh. after like a you know like essentially having sex. Mm-hmm. And then and then but then I thought the movie really got very good. Yes. It got better in the, in the, in the, in the third film. act. The third yeah. act feels like. A great short. A great short. Yeah, or yeah. a one-act play or something where it's very focused. It's about these two people who have a history yeah. reconnecting. Yeah, I actually did like it, the third. The, 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 yes. Leading up to one question of will they or will they not have sex? And that's all you're thinking about. Delightfully no. <laughs> yeah, it was cool that it was no. And then, and then to find out also, because we didn't know what happened in the interim, to find out that the only gay experience he ever had and he looks to be about 30, yeah. was that one time in high school with this one guy. Meaning... 
he is he's still very hung up on this guy and so the, the, them re- so repressed that like you know so them reu- them reuniting is you know there's a lot of story there so yeah. watching that play out i thought was interesting learning about who his best friend became i thought was very interesting yep. Yep. so it's about growth yeah. it's about repression it's actually an interesting movie i i, I do think it's an interesting movie it's, it, it, of course it's shot well it's um, and not trying to, yeah. it's not trying to blow itself with the way it's shot either. Yeah. You know? and, and it's it's not overly pandering, but it's also showing a point of view that the mainstream audience, maybe the, the gay cinema yeah. definitely s- sees that, but this is kind of like a gateway for mainstream without being too yeah overly um, in your face about it. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's an interesting point. If you are trying to reach a larger audience, if this is going to get more eyes on it because it's nominated, yeah, you're going to have people that are not at all familiar with the tropes of gay sex. But it also, it wasn't about being gay. No. It was about being gay and black and in poverty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, but, and that was another thing I kind of disliked about it was that that you're kind of you're kind of like dealing all the cards, right? You you get you get the worst of everything. Yeah, that's kind of interesting though, because because what is what does it mean to be gay in this setting? Yeah. What does it mean to be gay under you know, with these influences around you? Yeah, um, or but I mean, you could flip it the other way and say, what does it mean to be poor and gay and black? Yeah. What does it mean to be black and gay and? Well, poor? sure, those are all yeah. possible movies. Yeah, yeah. I, but <laughs> I, you didn't really. You didn't, I I don't know. It just felt all crammed together to me. Well, I thought it was a unique perspective, and I, I actually did enjoy the movie. It wasn't my favorite. Yeah, but it, remi- it wasn't. It's it, not the worst by far. It reminded me of like a really good screener we would have gotten when we were screening film festivals. Yes, movies. yeah, it w- I would have. It would have been a really phenomenal film festival. I film. think for everything as they a were best try- picture in the Oscars. For yeah, everything yeah. they were trying to fit in, I think they did it well because it really could have rubbed me the wrong way that they were trying to fit in each of these social messages. Uh, one thing I would say about the main characters, I. Uh, I kind of wish, I know they were trying to be consistent between the three actors, but like, I felt like they did a little bit too much of like the, oh, he just looks down and doesn't speak. And I, I feel like he could have given us a little See, bit I thought, more. I thought by the time they got to the third one, he was unrecognizable. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and then watching, watching his old character come out in the performance as, as the events unfolded, I thought was really well done. That, that was well done. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it was a smart little movie. It's just got a couple of problems, yeah. but. But um, I'm not gonna crap on it too hard, especially when you've got things like La La Land running around oh, out there. Who is you, man? I ain't seen you in like a decade. It's not what I expected. What did you expect? Fences, directed by Denzel Washington. I, I enjoyed watching this, but it was not a movie. It's not a movie at all. Yeah, it's a play. It's it's ba- you you said it that it was basically unadapted. Yeah. I completely agree with He's that. He's not nominated, is he? Oh, yeah. He is for best best actor. Is he? Lead best, actor. I mean, you guys have all heard me say this at this point. I'm surprised to hear that because I felt like he couldn't act through the dialogue. He had to get through these long monologues of lots of lots of words, and I yeah. never saw anything facially happening. It was very play-like. It I, felt I, very flat. I mean, it looked like it was very challenging for him. I wouldn't say that like he was therefore bad, though. Yeah. No, I, I think but he I don't was, think there was a lot of acting. He was doing some heavy lifting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was the only thing propping up that film, really. I thought, I, he so wasn't doing much I, story. I, I thought, was I, that I mean, to Nina's point, I think Viola stood I, out more. And I think, yeah. I think both of his sons were better. I think both of his sons gave more. I think that if he had been, if that whole thing had been laid out on a Broadway stage instead, we would have never gotten the nuance of mm-hmm. her performance, yeah, right? You ne- that would never would have come across in the film. And that's sort of the real thing that's nice about it. But this. that's why that's effective film acting. And yeah. what he was doing was not effective film acting. Yeah. Maybe it was effective stage acting. <laughs> It, it was weird because it played out in wides a lot with the characters across the frame, much like a play. Yeah. And then sometimes it would cut to a close-up. I'm like, oh, right, we're watching a movie. I mean, there, there are so many things about it that, like, just the the kind of cliche, like, play tropes of of having, you know, the like the fences built while, you know, oh, the, yeah, the yeah. and that's fine. I, I, I'm, you know, I've seen, you know, I, I, I like stage plays, um, and I like this, but. Uh, like the way it never shows the other woman, for example. Mm. Um, that's very, that's that's very, very play, play yeah. right? Yeah. Or another another example was like there's that scene toward a little towards the end where he's screaming at death out his window. Yes. That, yeah. that, that, that's like a something you know the lights would have dimmed in the in oh, the yeah. in the theater. Yeah. And, he would have been spotlight. up on the riser. Yeah. It's not the kind of thing that happens in a movie, really. No, yeah. it's not. But I mean, like it's not. This isn't the first movie that was basically just a stage ported over to film. I mean, there's like. 
the Dustin Hoffman Death of a Salesman oh. movie. There's Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, that, yeah. which I think won Academy Awards. West Side Story. Uh, there's West Side but, Story. But even even Virginia Woolf is is that's a pretty much a masterpiece of a movie because it mm. has it. It owns the movie portion. And so I yeah, feel like yeah, I think that's what it, that is a great example of doing what Denzel I didn't think could do with the acting. Yeah. is they had a lot mm-hmm. of dialogue in that scene to get through, to chew through, and there was yeah. still acting and still a lot of direction. I I don't think maybe because he had to do that lead role, I don't think he was up to the task of directing. I don't know any of the backstory behind mm-hmm. the movie, but my my speculation is that he fell in love with the material. Um, and he wanted to preserve it, and he goes, well, I've wanted to direct for a little while. It doesn't look like it's too tough, because this is, this is just actors mostly. I'm an actor first and foremost, so it'll be me mm. focused on performances, mm. and uh, I'll get to own the role forever, too, you know, because I like this role. I, I think that is an accurate assumption. Yeah. Of, the, of the three black cinema, I don't know if that's a proper term, <laughs> movies to, uh, in, in this, this was my favorite, though. Fences was my favorite. I think Moonlight beats it for me. Mm, Moonlight beats it for me, just because there is my least favorite. Really? Moonlight's your least favorite? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 this is Fences. 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 Because it's the least Mm movie-like? Yeah, that makes sense. It it was a slog. It was like two and a half hours. Like I said, you could have adapted it better. And there was... It's so weird because, like, in between, like, scenes, they do these, like, little, like... uh, Almost collages of imagery, like it'll show a bunch of horns in the yeah, basement. That's when they would have been changing and, the set. Yeah, they would be changing the, the set, and so it was, it was just I don't know. It was so long that I got to the point that there was no reason for me to keep watching. I know where the movie's going. I know what's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm not getting any, an anything point. from yeah. the acting. You're right. So I'm ready to shut it off and be like the end. Yeah, but Beale Davis is good. Yeah, I like. I also like the guy who plays his friend too. I thought he was really good. Oh, oh yeah, he's great. He's he's a good character actor. Oh, he was in Manchester by the Sea. Was he? he for like one scene, he, he he was Casey Affleck's janitorial boss. Oh that's right, cool. yeah. that's, that's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he's the only actor this year who's been is in two yeah. Best Picture nominated. No, no, actually, um, the guy who plays the drug dealer in Moonlight also plays yes. the boyfriend in Hidden Figures. That's right. That's right. Holy cow, that's incredible. Good poll. (laughs) Each has got the knowledge. What are you going to do? Some people build fences to keep people out, and other people build fences to keep people in. All right, let's go to uh, Hell or High Water. I really, I like this film. I think it's the second best after Manchester by the Sea for me. This was the nice surprise of the group that I wouldn't yeah. have seen otherwise, but was really good. This just feels like a movie. <laughs> it, it, you know? it, was, it was so delightfully solid. <laughs> just, there's just some basic good things to be able to say about it. Yeah. It, 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 it had a good pace, a good runtime, three central strong performances. Yep. Um, an engaging story. An engaging story, a very fulfilling ending. Um, and and I, you know, you got your money's worth. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's just it's just all love. I mean, yeah. it's it's just a great solid piece of film. I mean, yeah. the story wasn't revelatory. No, where you're like, oh my god, I, like finally someone told the story of humanity. Yeah, two bank robbers and a cop that's chasing yeah. him. But it's just like good. But it's you, just you, good. You <laughs> talked about do we like Manchester by the Sea because it's such a New England based movie, and we were like, you know, unfortunately, could mm. other people not like it so much? Yeah. But we saw this, and this felt very southern to me. Yeah. It felt, it, very it felt Texas. delightfully Texas. It had a wonderful like how, Texas grime to it and I loved it. How great's the scene where the woman's like you, you can only get a team bone steak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What oh, don't that, you want? It, it was <laughs> it, that was delightful. I love that waitress's just big like like loose skin arms. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you've seen that? Or like, oh, I love yeah. Jeff Bridges being like she's awfully big and trashy. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's doing his uh, rooster uh, yeah. voice from yeah. Yeah, they, they sure as hell like gonna rub here. Yeah. <laughs> but he was great in it. Uh, oh, he was really good. And who knew Chris Pine? Chris, I was about to say Chris yeah. Pine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know he was good. Well, ben, Fo- sh- ben Foster. I'm. I'm. All, I've always been impressed by. He yeah. was in Three Ten to Yuma. He was in um, uh, Thirty Days of Night. He was in Freaks and Geeks. Mm. He played like a like a special needs kid in Freaks mm. and Geeks. He was in. Um, he played Angel in X Men. So mm. he's a really interesting actor. Yeah, but. Uh, but Chris Pine. He he had a very naturalistic performance. A very motivated. Uh, I mean he. He was he was very very likable, yeah. very relatable, and his uh, his journey of being like a novice bank robber, especially when shit goes down, like the the intent. You, you he only acted basically with his eyes with a mask on. One thing I I don't um, 
always love in movies like this is when the, the two thieves, one of them's real bad and one of them's not so bad. And you're supposed to like fall in love with the one that's not so bad, but they're still committing like really terrible acts. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, that's like emotionally dishonest to the audience a little mm -hmm. bit. Like yeah. in Ben Affleck's The Town, for instance. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, he's like, like sticking guns in people's faces yeah. and stuff. In this movie, they addressed it better. Where yeah. I, this really was his first foray into this yeah. kind of activity. He does have no, uh, no record. And um, and he, he he is really motivated to do it for yeah. uh, for a reason. And I actually felt like his attractiveness when we talk about how um, Matt Damon wouldn't have been good for Manchester by the Sea. Mm. Chris Pine's attractiveness kind of communicates that. Like you kind of think, oh, there could have been something better for this yeah. character. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then his acting backs that up because he's he's. And the ending is kind of like that. Jeff Bridges wants to know why. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we all want to know. It's all over. I'm retired, and you're all done. Yeah. But we both know the truth, yeah. and I'm not here to take you to prison. But I am here to, to try I to understand. understand. I thought that was a really fulfilling. I did too. I I love that. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, that last scene with the 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 oil yeah. things in the background <laughs> and and like which really underpines like oh wait you know you shouldn't be worrying about money like why is this happening? Yeah, um, <laughs> I just love the way it wrapped and, up. All who this directed details. this movie? Uh, David McKenzie. And I think I looked him up and I didn't recognize anything. He, he did. directed like. Like one movie I recognize, like yeah. Young Adam. I thought yeah. it might have been, but yeah, there, there, I noticed that about a number of the directors this year. Yeah, um, they the, don't it, direct much. I think even Moon, uh, not Moonlight. Um, yeah, Manchester by the Sea. He didn't direct much. Yeah, thank God there was no Woody Allen uh, movie on oh this year's. Oh God! I refuse. Do you see Star Trek Beyond? No, Chris Pine's good in that. Yeah, I think. I think he learned subtlety. <laughs> I mean, I never hated him. I just, uh, I didn't know he was capable of this kind of work. Or, uh, It'd be really cool if he could move like out of blockbusters and into this kind of work. I, I think, yeah. I, I think, I think this is a good transition film yeah. for him and increases my respect for him. So I totally recommend it. If it's a Friday night and you just want to watch something good that's original, yeah, yeah. check it out. That, yeah. It's actually, it's very enjoyable, very accessible. But, but not in like that feel good, La La Land's no. BS kind yeah. of way. I mean, it's not, it's, a, it's, it's not really a downer. Real solid but it's, filmmaking. Well, I, let me just comment on that real quick. Like, the criticism that like films should never make you feel sad or whatever, um, that's like fundamentally misunderstanding. Like story is about tension and release. Yeah. It's supposed to be about like conflict. Oh my God, it's not gonna work out. And then But I guess know. that's the problem with Manchester by the Sea. There's no release. It's just horrible, horrible mounting tension. But you don't need you don't have you to have a release. It. You know, it's like yeah. the 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 question ultimately is will there ever be a release? It looks like there's not, and that is the story. But yeah, yeah I guess the like you can't have a movie that's that has no tension, that has no conflict, that has yeah. no. You know, well, it's like, let me address the thing. I remember. I think you said your coworker said, "Oh, he doesn't uh, like certain characters don't change, and that's a bad movie." I want like there's a tenet in improv, because in improv you learn rules and you follow the rules. But when you, once you get really good at the rules, you can start breaking them, and sometimes that's even better when you start breaking sure. the rules. So it's like, just because you think. There's a standard for movies. You can break rules and still have a good movie. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, characters, you know, are, character arcs are a big part of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And if a character tries all movie long to have an arc and then can't, well, that's a story too. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Mm -hmm. Love you, Toby. Mean it. I love you too. So Hidden Figures, <laughs> this is Theodore Melfi. You know what this reminds me of? Yeah, what? It reminds me a lot of Theory of Everything. Yeah. Where yeah. it takes a very scientific concept and a very, you know. We, uh, we were saying the imitation game is the one that Frankie was yeah. like, this is this year's uh, imitation or, game. Yeah. It, 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 it's similar, similar things. It's, it's dopey filmmaking. Dopey filmmaking with, with the, that aquamarine color grading. Mm -hmm. And period real life events. Period real life events told in uh, something for single celled organisms. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is for simpletons. It was so dumbed down to a. Re it was a really interesting idea, right? These yeah. the, kind of exposing me to thinking about the fact that okay, there were first of all people who had to actually do calculations before computers. I knew, kind of knew that. Yeah. And then the black yeah. women did that this. That would be a big group of did. black women. Incre incredible documentary it would have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have loved to see that as a uh, documentary. It's a great documentary because yeah. it, it's not 
an uninteresting time. No, these no. three particular women, these real life women that they chronicled what was going on at that time, fascinating. I would yeah. love to see real story about it, not thrown in overly yeah. uh, emotional. God, yes. with the, the movie is garbage. This is the worst movie. This is absolutely the worst movie. Well, I think Hacksaw <laughs> and, and Lala are, are worse. You think so? In terms of watchability. I felt like this undermined my intelligence at every time. Yeah, it did. That's, that's what I felt too. Be, because, <laughs> all right. So, uh, obviously, segregation was a problem for black people. I Just understand. Just hit me this. over and, the head with it, would every, you? Yeah, they, it would have dictated their every life. But, like, seven or eight times they shoved that in your face. Like, yeah. and not... Like, oh, remember, we're in with, segregated times. Yeah, with each character. Each yeah. character, they did it several times. And I think all you need was maybe... You know, two or three. You just bring it back in your mind one time or two times. But really powerful, do it. Yeah. And then get out of there. Yeah, they it had meaningless you, ones. It makes too. you start to question how did these women even get these jobs? Like the segregation and the racism is so forceful. I'm amazed they even hired black women at yeah. NASA at that time, if it's still that intense. Yeah. And, and then you have uh, fucking Dustin Hoffman going around. Kevin or Kevin, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> I, I called that way in advance. I was like, Frankie, this is the guy who only cares about his mission and is so hell-bent on doing it that he doesn't see race. Yeah. That, like, he's going to be her supporting oh, person yes. because... So you have Kevin Costner just walking around, sipping coffee, craning his head in rooms, and you're like, are, are you guys not judging people based on their character and skills? Mm-hmm. It's like, what world is this? <laughs> He's the Brad Pitt of this film. Yeah, it, w- it was told through the prism of this like weird, um, like fantasy. It's the thing too is like, what cinematography in, in this was motivated? Like, what? What did they do? Any intel? The, the like, yelling bathroom scene. It may have actually happened, but you're telling me this woman could not have gone to her Kevin Costner boss and been like, "Here's the problem. Yeah. Um, I have to run across campus to go to a bathroom. That's why I'm gone all the time." Again, that bathroom thing happened like fucking five times before they resolved it. But, but her, her like screaming moment of like, "You won't even touch my coffee pot." Again, I'm like, this couldn't have been resolved in another way earlier on. Yeah, it reminded me of the imitation game in as much as. It was like the one that, like, I thought that we were holding film. Like, because even Hacksaw and La La Land, in terms of their, like, the craft, it's holding itself to a higher standard. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, the technical aspects mm. of it. This really felt like a made-for-TV film, to be yeah. honest, in terms of the quality of, of directing, the quality of, uh, like, shot choice. People at my work came to me and were like, did you see Hidden Figures yet? And I was like, no. How was it? And they were like, it blew my mind. It was so good. I can't even I be on get it. <laughs> I don't get like, it. Maybe it will win for costuming and hair and makeup. Yeah, and... yeah I, I actually, I mean, it was pleasant to look it's like, a, like like a Norman Rockwell painting. It was pleasant to see this kitschy design of the characters, but... The women, by the way, were all gorgeous and so well put together. Yep. Their makeup was impeccable every morning. Oh, yeah. And they had the most beautiful pressed dresses. Lovely houses. Very, I love the kitschy 60s. It was beautiful. Um, especially when they're like all around the car in these beautiful poses. Oh, it was God. so stupid. I hated it, guys. <laughs> I almost hated it from a modern perspective of when I hate like hot girl nerd. Because I'm like, all of these women are this brilliant. But yeah, they're putting on their makeup perfectly and they're this gorgeous every day. I'm like, there were no just nerdy black chicks in the 60s. Which I thought like when they portrayed her as a child at the beginning. I was, thought that's the direction uh, we were going. That was like yeah, where I she, was excited. She, I was she like, had Ooh. more she had more character. Yeah. And, and then you had the and she like lost that character. I think the most realistic character was the the Big Bang Theory guy who was just like a racist in the beginning and a racist at the end. Mm-hmm. He didn't change at all. Kind He's of probably the most realistic guy. And, and kind of racist for selfish reasons. Like yeah. just oh, yeah. and it just doesn't I don't know. The past few years <laughs> I, I feel like I've been living in the, the upsidasium. Where, <laughs> <laughs> where where like Everybody loves something that I think is absolutely terrible. And then, like, I see something really great like Manchester by the Sea, and everybody's like, nuts, too sad. Yeah, I've gotten that too. Even from people who like film and cinema, we're like, Manchester's just too much of a downer. I think Viola had more to work with. So, like, Viola Davis's character in, like, Fences, mm-hmm. right? That's who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she was playing a real human being in these emotions, like, in this, in this family, in this situation where she's she had awesome given so much movie. to her husband. Whereas, like, these women, and I'm assuming at least a couple of them are nominated, you're just, you're playing the historical, tragic African-American figure of this year's Oscar group. And I feel, yeah. I just feel like that it wasn't as much for them to work with. And I'm sure they're, they're all great actresses. I've seen them do great things. It's just the same thing I'm seeing now over and over again. And I'd like to see them get 
roles where they're just playing a human and see yeah. what they do. Yeah. Which, you know, if this movie had been tr like handled better, then that, it could have been. They, they, these would be great roles. Because, again, it's an interesting topic. It's an interesting story. It's an interesting struggle. Mm -hmm. This is just a bad, shitty movie. I hate it. And let's talk about lying. Let me ask you, if you were a white male, would you wish to be an engineer? I wouldn't have to. I'd already be one. Don't you know? Can I talk about Gudu? Gudu. 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 This movie is, um, Gudu. Gudu? It was Gudu. <laughs> Half good. It was good. I, I like uh, good though. It was good though. Good though. Good though. <laughs> uh, so I, I actually I I like the this is again in your definitely would have been better as a documentary. Yes. So much so they actually cut documentary footage into the end of the film. And the end was like the best part. Yeah. yeah. So it, this is a movie about a, um, a a young Indian boy who lived in. Uh, very, very far, days away from Calcutta. Yeah, very mm -hmm. rural yeah. India. 1,600 Very rural in India. And he um, grew up with his mother and much older brother, or a teenage brother. He's five. And he, uh, he ended up getting uh, estranged from his brother accidentally um, at, at, when they were doing a night job. He ended up getting on a train, stayed on the train, scared as a five-year-old for days. Mm. Ended up in Calcutta where, you know, repeatedly he almost was sold into slavery or he was... Uh, uh, being you know being used as a as a child slave or something like that, and then eventually he uh, ends up in an orphanage, a pretty rough orphanage, but he's able to tell his story and he, there's he's able to connect with a social worker who says and then is adopted by the only Australian actress we have apparently yeah, yeah. <laughs> shows up yeah. anytime they mention Australia in a film grows up having a, you know ultimately a pretty privileged life in Australia and becomes an Australian I was I, I enjoyed the first half of this film um, when he's a kid yeah. little kid it's a good odyssey yeah uh, 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 a perilous situation happening to a child it is yeah. very interesting. The twists and turns. And oh, I was kind of relieved to get out of India. I actually really? felt a little different. I was looking, f so I knew where it was going. So I was, e even though I thought the Indian scenes were, were more or less well handled, mm -hmm. I knew that it was all um, kind of gumworks. Yeah, it was the meat. The meat un 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 until the actual story, which was when I was five, I got lost. Now I want to see where my family is. And much like with Arrival, I was really into the technical aspect of how does he find his family and Google Earth being like a new thing. And yeah. how do we get But then back he clicks there? on Google Earth for the next half of the movie. <laughs> Which is on, his, on his couch, sadly, losing his job under a pile of papers yeah, for no so reason. I, I understand you're trying to, again, you're trying to mimic what really happened, but... His his kind of fall off from society into into this state was so. It's a very botched. interesting story that doesn't lend itself well to narrative filmmaking. No, yeah, because and, and Rooney Mara, Mara's there for some reason. Andy that Rooney. Was, that was weird. And like she keeps like getting back together with him and sleeping with him when he's clearly. Well, because they gotta there's some runtime they gotta fill. Not to mention the Indian actor that that they picked was overly attractive. I mean, yeah. for the role, like to the point that when they showed the real guy at the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. <laughs> Why did you hire a real, like a real human? That's like when you see the real Maria Von Trapp. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, she's a hog. <laughs> yeah, the guy looked like a normal Indian guy yeah. as opposed yeah. to like the mo one of the top yeah. seven most beautiful Indian men yeah. there are. Yeah. The, the, the tall, lanky, like... Yeah, uh, with the beautiful, beautiful facial he looks structure. Like he, like, yeah, it looks like he should be in a folk band or yeah. something. <laughs> like, how much better would this movie have been if it was 80 minutes? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that have been a really great... And, and like, cut it mostly out of the second We'd say half, so many nice things. Or I'd watch a three-hour documentary. I could go either way. Yeah. Either, either way. Or, you know, a 60-minute documentary. Documentary, yeah. <laughs> but, the, but, but, but the documentary would have been the most interesting thing is, like, to... If you would have... Pro, like, the you could have profiled the village he was from and oh, you yeah, could have... Yeah. And then... Like, you get to meet his real mom and stuff. And the most interesting, like, they omitted one of the most interesting parts where his brother died yeah. the yeah. day he went missing. Not only that, but they deceptively showed scenes in which the brother came back looking for him. Yeah. Which, of course, were... I, I understand it was meant to be from the kind of perspective of his mind. He must be looking for him. Uh, yeah. I, I, but I think they were straight-up dreams. Good must that he was be looking for me. Good deal. Good deal. But the way it was communicated was no, was no good. No good. <laughs> no good. No good. No Should we mention that good do is his brother's name? Oh yeah, yeah. Good do is his brother's <laughs> name. If, if you, for some reason, are watching this part having not seen the movie, um. which is very likely. I mean, the yeah. fact that the fact is, when whenever we do these Oscar pods, like we have to go through a hell of a process to watch these movies. 
the audience very likely hasn't seen. Yeah, both. maybe they've yeah. seen one or two of these. Yeah. Nicole Kidman did nothing for me. Yeah, and nothing at all. I would have liked to have seen more about the the adopted brother. Like, what was yeah. the, what was his deal? Yeah. yeah, he was he was extremely interesting and yeah. disturbed. Yeah. It, it looked like he had been through more of you know it, yeah, a child normal, slavery normal. and then yeah. in through yeah. the yeah. orphanage system longer. And all. I, I think that's kind of what they were implying when there was the scene where he was in the orphanage and that child who obviously had issues was taken away at night. I think that, that you were then supposed to believe that, yeah, that's basically what had happened to his brother, is that he had been... It kind of felt like the, the main character was kind of like rolling his eyes at his brother the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I, you know, yeah, increasingly I, and strangely inconsistently, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes I, I really like my brother, sometimes I'm really, really, I'm aggressively against him. Which, yeah. I, guess, which I guess is the complicatedness of life, but... But you yeah. didn't need to make it so lumpy in the film yeah, when I we agree. only are spending two hours with you. Look, so, so if you asked me, do you like this movie, Frankie? I'd say, yeah. I, 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 you know what? It's, yeah. it's 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 interesting. It's an interesting movie. It's an interesting perspective. It's it's shot interestingly. It's a, it's got like a gold, like a golden color scheme, which yeah. you don't see too much in movies. It's usually just the the you know the teal and orange. I enjoyed thinking about the situation because yeah. as I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking about. Like, well, how would you? Okay, I guess you couldn't. If you don't even know your mom's first name, how could you ask yeah. anybody? Or I like think yeah. Arrival did the same thing. Or I'm like, oh yeah, how would you? Yeah. So I like any movie that makes me think the whole time. Yeah, especially especially in a situation where <laughs> India has so many people that how would you even narrow down what obscure village that you came from? It's yeah. so yeah, it's when, a, when when documentation and birth certificates don't even exist for where you are. Every night I imagine that I'm walking those streets home. And I know every single step of the way. And I whisper in her ear. I'm here. In conclusion, yeah. uh, uh, so we're just going to go through um, each person. We're going to say what we think is going to win. Yeah. And what you personally want to win. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, starting, John, why don't you start? Uh, so I think La La Land's going to win. I want Manchester by the Sea to win. And explain. Uh, so La, I think there's too much hype around it. Uh, the only other thing I think could happen for the for the like the real thing is one of the one of the black movies could be uh, nominated just to sate the politicalness of it. Uh, the the political problems in the academy, um, Nazi. But <laughs> but uh, Manchester by the Sea. Is that the, kind of stuff gets you fired, and your YouTube channel taken right down. <laughs> what he just said. Uh, but Manchester by the Sea was the best piece of filmmaking in that category. So uh, I agree with both of John's predictions um, or, or his feelings. Manchester by the Sea for everything that we already talked about. La La Land does what the artists did. It's that celebration of Hollywood and cinema when they play the Jaws theme for the millionth time and everyone's dressed up and beautiful and they play the E.T. theme and it's it's a celebration of film and that's what they view La La Land to be. I think La La Land is start... Yeah, it did get all the hype, but it's starting to feel some of the boyhood effect. Yeah. It's getting a little bit of like the, the, it was the big movie, but then, it beca- like, you almost don't want too much hype too early in the season mm-hmm. because then everybody gets burnt out on you and they don't, vote, and they don't vote you in. So I think it's going to be Hidden Figures. Why? I, I, I think that it is is just so the Academy. Yeah. Like in terms it, of it like... It does have that periodness. It, it's period, it, it's racial... It's um, it's it's super consumable. Yeah, like super Three strong e- super, female super, leads. Super easy to understand. Um, I think that's why. Uh, but but Manchester by the Sea, of course, um, auto auto win. All right. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Hollywood can't help themselves. I think Ho- La La Land. I think La La Land's gonna win because. Wow. I think I just think they. They can't. They can't help themselves. At, at the end as of the much, day, it's a vote. At, at the end of the day, it's not like them th- saying, what's the best move for us to... But then they've yeah. got to offset it with... Like, well, yeah. no, no. I, 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 people love that Hidden Figures movie. It's not yeah. like a... It wouldn't be some cheat win, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I don't know. Part of me just says they won't help themselves. They'll be like, yes, L.A., yes, like, getting into acting. That's great. Because they've always have. And even last year with... Um, Spotlight, even though it was newspapers, it's still the media. And I feel like they, they just can't help themselves. Yeah. They have to vote for it. That's 
at least my prediction. Um, but what I think should win, or what I think, I, I would want Moonlight to win. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something different. Um, I think it was a perspective we don't normally see um, that was told in a non-pandering way. I enjoyed it enough. I, I probably liked. I, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed Manchester by the Sea more, but I think I want Moonlight to win. I, it's 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 a, a subtle distinction. Mm-hmm. Was there a film that any of you saw this year that you thought should have been nominated for Best Picture that was not? The Founder. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, sp- John Goodman should have been John, made John, for acting. John, 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 that was a snub. Um, uh, Maybe Deadpool. Deadpool, yeah. Deadpool was a great. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but screenplay. I don't think, I didn't think any. Yeah, screenplay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's let's give it that. Yeah. I mean, I don't certainly not for best picture nah, or, nah. or even acting. But well, in a world a where Mad Max gets nominated for best picture. Oh yeah, that's oh. strange. Last year sucked. <laughs> <laughs> People think Mad Max is as perfect a film as you can make. Uh, I don't know. People think that. Oh. Well, I mean. I appreciate, I think I said this last year, I appreciate that it exists, but it's not my fault. I, I, I like seeing something yeah. different, which yeah. is why when, like, La La Land gets going, and why, when people don't like Manchester by the Sea, yeah. I'm like, don't you sometimes want to see something different? Aren't you well, so sick of the same? Well, then when Hell, Hell or High Water, that that's refreshing because I didn't expect something like that to be nominated. When I, I watch enough of these movies, I start to think, do I just not like movies? <laughs> and, then, and then Hell or High Water comes along, and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, you, yeah. you, you can make a perfectly serviceable Film. Oy. Oy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Crust in the cloud. Uh. <laughs> I just told a joke that didn't land. <laughs> so we'll have to move on and see all of the other so, acting nominations and films that aren't. Well, there's a lot. I mean, you only—if you've seen the best pictures—you really only need to watch like five or six more films to see. Mm. The next seven categories. You got to see Jackie, which is horrible. Don't go there. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, we Jackie saw. Her. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, um, next week we're gonna do the, or well, a couple days. You'll probably we'll see. Um, we're gonna do an audio version where we're gonna talk about all of the other stuff. And sound uh, editing. Tune in. Sound editing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and every movie that we saw. Whether it was nominated or not, within in 2016. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about what we thought our favorite was beyond the best pictures. So, mm. stay tuned for that. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining me today. Oh yeah, thanks. And uh, you know, I had fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always mm. a fun time. So it's always Fire fun time on Review Lounge. Yeah.